February saw the introduction of PlayStation 4 by Sony, and later this year, Microsoft is expected to launch its latest Xbox. According to the FT, this is shaping up to be the last great battle between rival games manufacturers for dominance in a $70 billion industry as the industry grapples with challenges posed by cloud-based and mobile gaming. With me to discuss these changes in the gaming industry is Nick Edwards, a Cambridge MBA alum who now works for a games company in the Bay Area. So Nick, if you could start by telling us a bit more about what you did before the MBA. Um, So thanks for having me, Connor. And uh, before the MBA, I was a management consultant. I did uh, 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 finance consulting in Manhattan for a small boutique firm. Right. And you later joined uh, Electronic Arts after the MBA, is that right? Uh, Yes. I originally joined uh, Electronic Arts social games maker Playfish, and then I've moved into the rest of EA uh, proper. So, Nick, what makes a good game? Um, I think that's a, a question that gets the the standard, the the always frustrating answer of it depends, where it depends on what you're looking to do with the game and what kind of an audience you're trying to hit. Um, I think people, what's important to one title might be different from from another. I think the things that are, that tend to be common are, does it engage with people? And does it um, engage with people over a, a reasonable period of time? Um, though not universally, there are, are some titles that are looking for a three to four hour engagement, like a sort of like a short film. But I think much in the same way that film and TV um, try to cater to different tastes with you know, comedies versus dramas and action films versus realistic war films versus you know small indie productions. Um, games have a similar have moved in a similar way where. Um, where for one title, having really good plot and character development is important, whereas another, having um, really sort of high fidelity uh, sort of authenticity with, you know, what the original subject matter is, maybe sports or, or military move, uh, games. Um, okay. So I think it, it depends on what, what people are trying to do. Right. Now, the industry has changed considerably from one where I, I still remember you had to uh, go to a, uh, a retail store and buy a, a game in a box and you went home and installed it. Um, now you can just have, you have multiple platforms. Delivery is largely by, over the Internet. So what's the interaction now between the different players in the industry, uh, the game studios, the console manufacturers, social networks such as Facebook, and, and the consumer? Um, I think we're we're much more intertwined than we used to be. Um, we're, uh, I mean, there's always been a certain amount of, of, of collaboration and coordination between publishers and developers and um, console manufacturers, just for the the, the requirements of, of being on the same page with regard to hardware. Um, platforms like Facebook has now sort of entered into that in a in a similar relationship to us. The publishers as um, console developers used to, that they're another platform on which we we provide products. Um, I think the biggest change is customers. Um, mm-hmm. Customers used to be a, a much more faceless um, group of people to us. We, they, you know, you walked into a retail store, you bought your, bo- your 
your box of, of game and you walked away and we never saw you again. And these days we, we either, you, you can buy it online where we see you when you purchase, when you go home and play it, you usually connect to us. And if there's online components, we see as you, um, as the course of your play as through the lifetime of the game. If you make follow-up purchases through DLC or microtransactions, we see that as well. So that's produced this entirely new feedback channel into, into the, the developer publisher process where we suddenly know what people are actually doing rather than what, um, what people say they're doing, which is or what, used, you, or, or but, what you think they're doing or what we think they're doing. Yeah. I mean, oh. it, a lot of it used to be, um, sort of developers and creative directors who were very talented and, but at the end of the day, having to make a judgment call on what they think would be a, a good idea or what they think would be well received. And now we have a much better idea of what we actually do and what we actually, and what players actually um, think about things, or at least how they act in response to things. And that's another major um, uh, thing we found out that, I mean, we have a very uh, vocal and passionate customer because people care about this stuff. Um, and especially with the internet, that's, that's become a customer base that's, that's very often um, making themselves heard about what they, whether they think things are, are going well or poorly. Um, but the other part of this is that the, that, that vocal part um, is not always representative of what the, the, the actual population of people we have is or what they, they, they say and complain about um, when we actually look at their behavior. That's not necessarily what's driving their, their, their final decisions in terms of do they buy a title or not. Um, so it, in some ways, the, the players have a lot more power and, and input um, into the title, into sort of the, the development process, but much in, on a much more aggregate level. Um, right. Perhaps not quite as uh, personally sort of we listen to, you know, did we listen to this particular player on, on what they were complaining about that um, I'm sure some people would like. I mean, I know I'm a gay bird. I, okay. I occasionally would, I, I could see myself complaining about these things and yeah. at the end of the day, like. I mean, you, you mentioned about how there are these guys who, are, who care so much about the games and uh, they could be you know a very vocal minority but how how are gaming game studios trying to expand their user base to people like myself you know i i've never owned a console but once uh you know, long ago i used to play games on my pc but now uh, i play games on my mo- on my mobile phone and i don't think i'll ever buy a console so how do game studios uh look at a person like myself i think to be to be brutally honest there was a p- period Sort of leading up to this, the, the sort of the, the mobile digital sort of cha- sea change that we've had, where we probably weren't looking at that as much as we we should have been. Um, I guess you had people like like Nintendo who who went out specifically to make a uh, a, pl- a console that was less powerful but much more um, accessible with the the Wii that came out several a uh, few years ago. This is their um, I guess they've now got the 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 Wii U, if I'm remembering it right, mm. which is uh, sort of the next, the second generation in this more accessible console space. But I think the biggest thing that the, the we've done, we've sort of luckily fallen into without meaning to, but and now having recognized it, we're pushing it more, is that when this big change of 
um, digital and mobile and Facebook came in, suddenly there were a whole new set of, of areas in which you could play in the game space that had very low startup costs. And we had a huge influx of people who started making games for Facebook, for the iPhone, um, the web, that didn't used to make them, um, that just weren't the kind of people who used to make them and weren't the kind of people who, who joined video game companies. Um, and lots of them were very successful and came up with really innovative things. And um, and they've sort of been assimilated into the rest of the the industry now. I mean, some of them have stayed independent. Some of them have been sort of bought up by the larger um, incumbent players. Um, some of them have been hired on individually. But I think the biggest thing that we're doing is we've suddenly got all these people who didn't used to be making games and now they are and they're making games not for you know in in the same way that the people who who were in the industry before made games for the people they knew and people like them the new people we brought in make games for people like them and that's not the same group of people that we used to serve and so i think we've we're we're appealing to a much broader audience now and partly because we're a much broader more diverse group of people in the industry, um, and I, I know we're we try to do that every day uh, as we do hiring and recruiting. And it's one of the things I'm proudest about for okay. yeah, that we're we're very good about being open to anyone who has talent. Right, because that was the, the the next question I had, which was obviously in a in a company like Electronic Arts and Game Studios, you have, you obviously need people who are gamers on some some parts of the company, but is there a place for people who are not avid gamers in a game studio? I, I definitely think so. I mean, I, um, I think my belief is that much like ever, any under, other industry, you have to want to be there and want to do something and want to, to be doing the work you're doing. Um, and being enthusiastic for the product is... Is, is obviously an easy way to get there. If you're enthusiastic about what the company's making, it's easy to be enthusiastic about the company. Um, and, and hopefully, if we're doing a good job and making good games, we'll convince you to become enthusiastic about okay. them. Um, but I think at the same time, it's, it's, it's just as, as good and helpful to be enthusiastic about what you're doing. Um, if you are... So all these things that we do that, that lots of companies do, like... Um, performance-based marketing, where um, mm. you're looking at very targeted, the sort of very targeted marketing that you can do now with with you know, Facebook and, and, and mobile okay. tracking and things like that. If, if it's your passion to, to do that in, and, and, and in the best way humanly possible and to, to, to blow all the, everyone else out of the water and in, in how effective you are, okay. like, th- that's just as good... For I mean, for my purposes, I think for EA's purposes, as as you know, absolutely loving every single you know AAA shooter that comes out. Right. Um, so okay. I think it's so, about passion and interest, and yeah, whether it's about games or or about the work you're doing, it doesn't matter. Nick, so Nick, last question. I know you've got to go off to work. You um, for for those who are calling, who are listening in, Nick's actually calling in from uh, the West Coast. Um, what in your MBA experience in Cambridge helped you or, or is helping you right now in the work that you do? 
Um, well, I'll, I'll give a, a quick shout out to the, to the management science courses and all the, the, the modeling that everyone looked at at the time and thought, uh, spreadsheet modeling, I don't need to know that so much. And that turns out to be you know, a good 60% of my job, I think. Okay. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing, and I think it's, and it's a bit of a Cambridge-specific thing, is that Cambridge was always very, um, it, it was a place where people were very, it had to do things on their own. Lots of the structure was, it was sort of, there weren't very many barriers to doing things, but there weren't, there, but the, the structure to go and put them in place and put and make groups happen, make activities happen often came from the students. Um, and I know at EA, I mean, we're at this period where so much stuff's happening and so much sort of new territory has opened up and everyone's, and I think across the industry, everyone's trying to figure out what's actually the best, most effective way to deal with this, this new world of, of digital delivery and social and mobile. And um, as a result, there's, all, there's so much stuff to, to do and to try to, 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 to make it work and to, to make it the best it can be. And it's a lot of sort of green territory that no one's, no one's gone into before. So it's sort of we're, we're pioneers on this frontier, and which is great because we can build and do whatever we want. Um, it's, a bit, it's a bit daunting because there's nothing, there's, you know, there's no structures, there's no towns out in this country to, to, to sort of guide the way. So it's, um, and, and I think the, the Cambridge attitude of, you know, if you want to do something, just go do it. Just go out there and, and put together something that's good and, and then the rest will work itself out, I think has been really useful. Okay, great. Nick, thanks very much for uh, giving your time. I, I know you've got to rush off to work now, and that was a great way to end the interview. Um, thanks very much, and I'm, after this, I'm going to go whip out my iPhone and try out a couple of games myself. Sure.